Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Mouth's Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Sandoval. So happy to be here with you. Talk about our faith, you know, our health, our spiritual health, our mental health, our physical health, as always. All one and the same as Catholics. We understand that that's the way God made us, you know, and when God makes us that way, well, that's just the way it is. I and mean, it's kind of redundant to say that, but a lot of times we we stop and we question and we wonder why things are. And sometimes we're not necessarily going to get the answers. We're not going to find the answers uh, for as much as we think about it here. And we need to remember our minds are limited. Our minds are limited to whatever it is that God wants us to know or helps us to come to understand or we pray for. Because believe it or not, there's some knowledge out there that we're not going to get unless we pray for it, unless we're in line with God. But a lot of times we get so much more wrapped up into what's going on with the world, not because I shouldn't say it's not necessarily our fault. It's just the way it is. We get so busy. We get distracted. We have to go to work. There's things we have to do here on this planet, and we kind of lose sight of that. But the real question is, <clears throat> who are we in this grand scheme of things? It's a question that we might not be able to answer, but we can explore a little bit more, and we're going to do that uh, through a movie that I just saw which is kind of interesting, a very, very good movie. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and start with the Regina Celli here at the top of the noon hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you did merit to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord has truly risen, alleluia. Let us pray, O God, who gave joy to the world through the resurrection of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Grant, we beseech thee, that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may obtain the joy of everlasting life through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, folks, recently I went to go see this movie. It's called Nefarious. Don't know if you've heard of it. I'm not going to spoil anything in the movie, but I will tell you what the plot was. It was an interesting movie. I originally was not going to see it. It's this movie that came out. Um, it does deal with the demonic, demonic possession, um, and the idea of demonic possession. The plot, very quickly, is a man in jail who is supposed to be on uh, his deathbed. He's he's uh, he's going to he's going to be killed. Uh, you know, he's on death row. And he has a, a sentence of, of uh, he's going to be killed because he committed murders. Well, in order to do that, according to this movie, in this in whatever state, I, I don't remember what state he was supposed to be in, but there needed to be a final psychiatric evaluation for this guy. And the psychiatrist has to come in and evaluate him and decide, hey, is he truly competent? Is he okay? Uh, because if he is truly competent and, and there's nothing psychiatrically wrong with him, then yeah, we can go ahead and give him the death penalty. We can put him in the electric chair or, or you know, do the injection or whatever it is um, because that means that he was fully aware of what he was doing. Uh, and as far as I believe he was on trial for, he was in jail for murder or something like that. doesn't take away from the plot of the movie. Uh, but then the other question was, well, the psychiatrist comes in and declares him insane, then he can't get the death penalty. 
right? Because he's not really responsible for his crimes. He was not in the right mindset um, as far as, as his actions. So I can't really hold somebody who is mentally ill responsible for their actions completely because they're not thinking rationally. You know, it was an interesting movie, an interesting um, uh, plot. It was, it, I recommend it to anybody because it has very good themes that it touches on um, and really well done. I got to say it was a well done movie. I think a lot of people aren't going to like it because uh, not necessarily because it was a, a double movie, but because it touches on some topics that are very controversial, can be very political. I won't ruin that. I'll let any viewer who wants to go see it, see it. But like I said, initially, I wasn't going to go see it. I thought it was when I first heard, oh, there's another movie on demonic possession or whatnot. I thought it was going to be one of these, you know, gory, um, <clears throat> just kind of out there Hollywood type movies. But I think this movie was really well done because it was more of a dialogue uh, with a demon and just kind of getting into the mind of a demon uh, or him getting into the mind of the psychiatrist, really. And you got to go see it and, and, and see the back and forth on that. What I will say is this. <clears throat> What I didn't like about it, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little coffee here. <clears throat> what I what I would hate about this movie or didn't like about it <clears throat> is that a lot of people might come out of there um, thinking, "Gosh, what what does a demon think? What does what is it that's going on? Um, as far as what are they saying? What did the demon say?" Uh, we get that a lot especially if you're doing deliverance work, exorcism work. <clears throat> you get a lot of a lot of curiosity, really, more than anything else around. Um, gosh, the devil said this during the exorcism or or the you know the possessed person said that the devil told them this, or I heard this from the devil. And that can be really challenging because my question is why are we listening to the devil? You know, not that I haven't fallen prey to that, I'm sure. You know, we get we get very curious and we get uh interested in what the supernatural has to say more than anything else is because i don't think it's that anybody wants to follow the devil really not directly uh we're doing it indirectly whether we like it or not if we start getting to that curiosity mindset but i think it's more because we are fascinated with the supernatural we believe that there is an afterlife we believe that there is a spiritual life we believe that what we do our actions can have an effect on this greater eternal spiritual life is like if anybody ever saw the movie gladiator you know, what did they say? They said, whatever we do here on earth reverberates in eternity, uh, which means that <clears throat> our actions here are going to have an effect on the spiritual life. Uh, and the movie actually touches on that when it touches on some of these topics. It's an interesting plot. It's an interesting point in the movie, but um, <clears throat> I think we start listening to it and we want to know, gosh, the devil say this or the devil say that, because we want to get that message from a better understanding, shall I say, of the supernatural, of the afterlife. The curiosity component comes in because some people asked, should I go see this movie or not? I recommend it in terms of, it's an interesting movie. It's interesting to see as far as the topics that are brought up in the movie. It's interesting to see, uh, really to question our own faith, not when it comes to demonic possession, really, uh, but more question our own faith. Because if you look at the dialogue, you look at the topics, we start asking ourselves, hey, who set the rules? And just because I believe something, does that mean that it's true or not? Remember when we go through life and sometimes we'll make excuses for our sins. I think that that's a good topic that's brought up in the movie. What do I do that I say that I can rationalize and that I can say, no, 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 it was okay for me to do that because, 
even though I know it's a sin or the, the church teaches it's a sin or if I read the Bible, it says it's bad. But in this case, the excuse I have is X, Y, or Z. The movie touches on that a little bit. And it's interesting to see that, you know, gosh, I can make whatever excuses I want for myself. But if I tell a lie, uh, you know, blatantly, then it's a lie. You know, if I go on and, and uh, um, steal something, Yes, God's going to look at, well, were you hungry and did you steal a piece of bread? It wasn't because you were trying to be a thief at the store, but am I stealing company time? You know, there, there's different kinds of theft. Theft. I can justify it and say, yeah, I took that from the company or I stole this from the company or um, I, I'm not doing the work I need to do here. I'm, I'm going to go to my car and, and take a nap instead of be at my office. I can justify that any way I want and say, ah, it's because of this or that. Now, sometimes it's excuse, sometimes it's not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to judge that. I'm just saying a lot of times we'll do that and the movie touches on that very nicely as far as, um, you know, I can tell you why I do things, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the realm of God and Jesus and the supernatural, what is it really? Am, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? One of the things that, one of the pitfalls I don't want our listeners uh, to fall into, if you, go, if you do go see this movie, it's called Nefarious. One of the pitfalls is don't get too involved in the diabolic mindset um, because the mindset that we choose to follow is really what's going to entrap our own minds. You know, what are we filling our minds with? Um, these are important things to consider before we go watch a movie like this. That's why, honestly, sometimes I don't go see these movies. I, I was not going to go watch it if it was going to be another demonic possession. The priest comes in and he uh, exercises the uh the the possessed person but it goes through all these different steps and a lot of times it's not accurate and people come out of there with a mentality of what exorcism is when it's not i was going to say no i don't need to see that because all that is is just curiosity entertainment um it's not even really the way it, it truly happens and it leaves people with doubt or an idea of of the diabolic that's not necessarily accurate um and it, it just leaves more curiosity in that sense, you know, as people start to explore it and study it and decide that they're going to learn more about it. And this is what leads some people to actually start down the path of buying a Ouija board or starting to going to a medium or buying tarot cards and wanting to know our future. All that stuff really goes against the first commandment. Because if we're supposed to have no other God, I'm not supposed to care what the devil said. I need to care what did Jesus say? Because Ultimately, that's all that's going to matter. What we got to remember is before anything else is that the devil is a liar. So no matter what the devil says, even if it is true, somehow in there, there's a lie. It's, it's odd to consider um, that the devil is going to do anything with our best interests, that's for sure, because all they want to do is destroy. Now, why would I want to fill my life, my mind with the idea of destruction? You know, that's going to put me in a certain mindset. It's going to, it's going to set me up for how I interact with the world, how I interact with those around me. Um, am I going to be, am I going to do things again now? Because now we can fall into that trap, right? All of a sudden, oh gosh, I've got this mindset that I'm going to be fighting the devil or I'm going to know how to use a particular prayer to get rid of the devil. And that's the one prayer that I use. Well, is it a prayer for you at that point? Or does it become a spell? Because all of a sudden you're going to pray that with this idea of, ooh, if, I'm, if I say these words, the devil's going to go away. Is it the words that are powerful or is it your faith? Are your prayers bringing you a stronger faith, faith and closer to Jesus Christ? That's what's going to drive the devil away. It's not about the prayer itself. Words are words. You could go read a recipe for, for that matter. You know, th those are just words. Is it becoming a spell? Is it becoming a recipe to get rid of the devil? 
Or is my prayer bringing me closer to Christ? That's really what we've got to ask ourselves. <clears throat> All right. More when we come back from the break. All right. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about what is our mindset? What is it that we're thinking about? I saw this movie. It was pretty cool. Help me think about the mindset more than anything else called Nefarious, for those of you who are just joining us. Um, and it's really an interesting movie about a psychiatrist who has to go interview a man who is demonically possessed. The man happens to be in jail. I'll let you go watch a movie to see what that conversation was about. But really what I don't want any of our listeners to do is come out of that movie with a mindset of what did the devil say or what did the devil not say? Why? Well, let's go back to the beginning. You know, I had a few people ask me, well, what does curiosity, how do I know if I'm seeing a movie out of curiosity? You know, should I go see this movie or not? The real question I have is, is this movie, is going to see this movie or really any action in your life, whether it be seeing this movie or hanging out with family or whatnot, is this bringing me closer to Christ or not? If there's ever any doubt, ask yourself that. If I'm going to go do something, should I do it or not? How is this bringing me closer to God? In other words, do I trust God enough that if I don't do this, whatever it is, whatever inkling I have, everything's going to be okay and God's going to take care of stuff? Do I truly believe that? Have I prayed for that? You know, we go back to Genesis. This is this is the bottom line. This is where we start seeing curiosity. And this is where I tell people, you know, a lot of people really get wrapped up in, I need to read every book on demonic possession and things along those lines. Um, the reality is this. Let's listen to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. That's a quote from God. You know, who said that line? God. Let's read it again. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for what you eat from it, you, for, excuse me, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. <clears throat> what is it that we're not supposed to eat? What is it that we're not supposed to come in intimate knowledge of? What is it that we're not supposed to ingest? Knowledge of good and evil. Obviously, we're supposed to know good. God created Adam and Eve. He's talking to them. God is all good. God is all love. <clears throat> there is no time we're not supposed to know what is good. However, we're never supposed to be able to contrast that with what is evil. We're not supposed to have knowledge of evil. Um, and that's also, that's a lot of times how we know that we're just doing things out of curiosity. I want to know a little bit more about the devil. Why? Is this going to bring you closer to God? Is this because the more I know about that, the worse, the, the, the sicker it is, the knowledge that I gain, the closer I may be to Christ? Not necessarily. I think that the devil's really good at entertaining, uh, looking exciting, you know, the knowledge of good and evil, because what happened after this? Serpent shows up to Eve, shows her the fruit, and twists everything around and says, hey, look at this. It says that Eve found it good to eat. She found it appealing, <clears throat> right? So he tells Adam this. Eve is confronted by the uh, snake, and all of a sudden, things look good. You know, what God said kind of goes by the wayside. That's what I worry about for myself and for anybody. You go see this movie, and all of a sudden, we kind of start saying, hey, no, I, I need to learn about this. I need to know about this. And the reality is, that's not the truth. The truth is, we don't need to know about that. <clears throat> is this going to bring me closer to God? I would say this. <clears throat> Once you've seen evil, 
you kind of don't want to know anything about it. Once you've truly seen what the devil is and, and what demonic is and what hell is, you don't want to know anything about it. I can tell you this from a psychiatric perspective, in fact. You know, when you deal with, say, uh, if I were to tell anybody, would you ever want to go to jail and interview somebody who is a murderer, child molester, uh, rapist of young children, kills young children, tortures young children, innocent kids who might say, did I do something wrong when they were kidnapped? Something along those lines. And all they want to do is go back to mom and dad. And this person is really enjoying going over there and hurting this little innocent being. Do you want to even know? It's like, Dr. Sandoval, don't even talk about that. Why are you talking about that? That's going to ruin my day. That's disgusting. I don't want, I want to be furthest away from that as possible. I don't want to hear about such crimes. Well, that's just what the person did. This is what a human being could do. The potential of a human being to commit a heinous crime uh, and do that under the influence of who? That's certainly not Jesus. Well, if you don't want to hear about that, why in the world would you want to hear about the devil? Because that's pretty much what the devil is. When we look at that, when we look at these levels of crime, uh, when we look at the crime in the world, when we look at the biggest atrocities in the world, that's what the devil is. He's just not going to show you that right away on the surface. On the surface, you're going to get the entertaining part. You're going to get the part where the fruit looks good. But then you're going to get lured in. And before you know it, you're in this filth, the sewage that normally we would say, I want to get as far away from that as possible. That's what I want our listeners to really understand. When we start thinking about deliverance and how do I fight the devil and how do I get out of there? <clears throat> the only way to do that is well, let me focus on Jesus. Let's start focusing on Jesus. So that was one thing that I realized about the movie. You know, it's a good movie. It's a great dialogue. But when you get in there, the movie is called Nefarious, and it's focused on, you know, the demon and demonic possession and what the demon's doing. And in fact, if you see the movie, this doesn't spoil anything. You know, the priest comes in, and when you see the interaction, it's, it's interesting to see that interaction because initially uh, you're expecting something to happen, which I thought was kind of cool, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't. And, and if you go see the movie, you'll see what I mean. Um, you know, the priest comes in, and I expected, oh, okay, this is going to get interesting. Uh, the priest is there for about a minute and then walks away. <clears throat> There's the devil is tickled pink um, about that because he realized, hey, I'll just say this. There's a lack of faith going on. And with that, the devil's very much at ease and says, oh, perfect. You got to remember this, folks. Without faith, God can't work through us. And this is what starts to happen. And I should say without faith in God, we start to read about this and we start to focus more on what's the devil doing Ah, guess what? Where's our faith going to go? What's what's our heart being filled with? Is this so that I see this and I realize how great God is? That's totally cool. Now I can see how great God is and I can my faith can increase. And now I don't have to worry about this filth and the sewage, right? Think about the worst crimes possible when you start thinking about, yeah, I'm, I'm going to read about the demonic. No, not really. Well, Dr. Sandoval, you work in deliverance, so you have to read about the demonic. Yeah, from an academic perspective, I read about it, but definitely not. I don't want to know more than I need to. You know, if the devil said this during some kind of a deliverance session, or if you, I ever hear a priest say, well, the devil said this, anything other than what their name is, that's why it's important. The movie is important as far as the name. You know, this devil is called Nefarious, so that's that's pretty, uh, um, the name will tell you something. Um, so that's important as far as you want to know what the demonic name is, just to get rid of them, because the name has a lot of power and control. And what I ask for that is this. If you do go see this movie, here's what the mindset I would have. Okay. So the demon says his name's Nefarious. That name was changed from whatever his angelic name was 
uh, in heaven. Okay, after the fall, right? All the angels fell. They all had different names. We know that Lucifer, uh, who was obviously the bearer of light, um, fell. A lot of people say Lucifer went to Satan or to um, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, Beelzebub, whatever it is that the name changed into. I've heard different versions of that. But it used to be Lucifer, now no longer called Lucifer. Okay, the angels fell, and now somebody has to take their place. Who's going to take their place in heaven? Technically speaking, we're going to be taking their place in heaven. God created us, and now all of a sudden there's this rage against us because we're supposed to take their place in heaven. My question to you is, if you go see this movie, and you see what this what once was an angelic being became and got this name called Nefarious, my question is, what's our supernatural name going to be? That's the question I want to, I want to leave that movie thinking, well, what's God going to call me? What am I being called to? Is God going to call me um, peacemaker? Is God going to call me humility? Is God going to call me? I hope so. I hope I get an angelic type name, a heavenly name, shall I say, uh, because that means that I'm doing something right. What's God calling me to do in this world? Is God calling me to learn more about the demonic or is God calling me to learn a little bit more about heaven? What's my mindset here? And really um, think about what is it that when, you know, when the time comes for our death and resurrection, what name am I going to hear Jesus call me by? And I'm going to know that name. I'm going to know he's calling me. No different than when we call our kids. If I call out to one of my kids and I say their name, obviously I've been repeating that name to them their whole life. I gave them a name. My wife and I gave them a name. And as soon as I say it, they're going to turn and look because they know that's them. And they know mom and dad are talking to them and that's them. When I die, what's my name going to be? I'm going to turn to it because Jesus already gave us that, given us that name. But what am I working towards? What name am I building up? Or what name do I think I'm supposed to have? Am I living up to that name? Or am I living up to a different name? I hope I'm not living up to the name of greed. You know, I would hate to get to the pearly gates and all of a sudden they say, oh, no. Your name is avarice. You're going to have to go the other way. Gosh, what name am I building up? That's one thing that I thought about. Uh, you know, you get into the mindset of the movie and it's like, hmm, what's this movie really trying to tell me? Is my focus on the devil or am I getting closer to God? The other question is this. A lot of times people want to see this because for entertainment value, Hollywood's amazing. Movies are amazing. Special effects are amazing. They're always really cool. You know, we see movies where really anything can happen nowadays, especially you do computer graphics, things along those lines. But the reality is you go into deliverance session and people always ask things like, did you ever see anybody levitate? Did you ever see, have you heard people speak different languages? And we love to hear these stories, right? All of a sudden you hear about a deliverance session and you want to know, oh yeah, I saw this and this is totally out of the realm of the natural. It was totally supernatural. A person's eyes change color, their face change demeanor. Uh, they start to slither on the ground like a snake. All these things are very entertaining, shall I say, because that's what the devil wants to do. And it piques our curiosity. Well, here's my real question. Well, if the demonic with a broken angelic nature, remember, they still kept their angelic nature, but now it's broken, can do that. What can my guardian angel do? You know, at what point am I actually waking up and turning to my guardian angel and saying, Wow, I have a guardian angel who's guarding me. I can, you know, that's one of the things that if, if you go watch this movie, you're going to realize it does, again, this doesn't uh, spoil anything. But, you know, the psychiatrist goes in there to interview. A psychiatrist is an atheist. But that being said, the movie doesn't even touch on this. He's not going in there thinking, well, I should pray to my guardian angel. Um, God's protecting me. I'm faced with a demonic here. And I have no fear whatsoever because whatever I've done in my life, whatever sins I've done, I'm repenting for. 
trying to get closer to God. I'm asking my guardian angel to protect me along the way. Uh, I'm praying every day. I'm turning my, my heart, mind, and soul to the uh, heavenly realm. And I'm asking for protection from heaven every day as I try to get closer to God. If that's the case, guess what, folks? We're going to be confronted with evil things as that's what's going to happen. And we're not going to fall into those traps, at least not always, sometimes once in a while. But the bonus is this. Let's say we fall into the trap. What's the first thing that's going to happen? The devil's going to mock you. Any of us, really. You know, we fall into sin. They're going to mock you and they're going to say, we got you. Yeah, but you know what? Everything's possible with God. And if my mind is not in that mindset and I say, yeah, I fell, but I better run right back to God. I better be that prodigal son. Run right back and say, God, your will be done. I messed up. Help me out here. You know, if you ask any of the theologians, Adam, when God said, Adam, what happened? What's going on down there? I don't see you. You're hiding. What's going on? He didn't say, gosh, I'm really sorry we fell. He turned and blamed Eve. And Eve turns and blames the, the serpent. But had Adam just said, you know what? We messed up. God's mercy would have been right there. God would have said, okay, let's fix this. We need to know that. We need to have that mindset. Let's look at Bible, a great Bible verse, Mark chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all, all things are possible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. We got to remember that. If we can remember the words of Christ, then we'll never be afraid. We're going to talk more about this after the break. All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Virgin Mouse Powerful Radio. You're listening to Dr. Sandoval's show. Today, we're talking about what is our mindset? Um, do we have our mindset geared towards heaven or not? That's really the bottom line. You know, when we start thinking about life, when we start thinking about, you know, what we're doing, what we want to get our interests in, uh, what movies we're watching. In particular, we're talking about this movie I recently saw uh, from a psychiatric perspective. Very, very interesting because it really asked, it really put me in a, in a position where I was asking myself, what is it that I think about during the day, especially as a psychiatrist? I got to interview so many different people. Um, and one of the things that we always do is we got to look at who am I talking to really more than anything else? It's ironic, right? Because you could say, well, Dr. Sandoval, you could look at the chart, look at the name. That's who you're talking to. Okay. Or why don't you talk to the person? That's who you're talking to there in front of you. And what I mean is who am I talking to is what mindset does this person have? Who am I talking to? Am I talking to a, a nice person, a mean person? Am I talking to somebody who's uh, regrets what they've done in life? Do I? Am I talking to somebody? A lot of times I will see uh, people who have been incarcerated or have legal issues. And, you know, I try actually not to even look at the rap sheet at all or look at what the history is because it, it will paint my bias and I won't see the person. I'll see their actions. Instead of saying, hey, who is this person? What... What did um, um, what did God intend for them? I'm going to see them as, oh my gosh, look at what you've done. It's important that when we approach each other, we, we see each other as who God intended us to be and not judge each other by our actions. Just as Jesus said, you know, look at the thorn, look at the big log in your eye before you look at the thorn in your brothers or the, the uh, splinter in your brothers. Because all of a sudden it colors the way we see people. If I'm going to be judged by my actions, hey, I'm going to be guilty as all get out. Um, any of us will, really. But this is where we get in the mindset of Jesus Christ and we see what God's like. And he doesn't do that. You know, I try to see 
people as much in, in that way as much as possible. If somebody does have a checkered pass or anything along those lines, I look at them and I forget, I don't even read that part. I say, well, who are you? Let me get to know who you are. I think that that's kind of what, I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near as perfect as Christ, but I think that's kind of what Christ does in the Bible. You know, for the most part, I don't ever see him shaming anybody. You know, even they brought the woman with, who was caught in adultery, who was going to be stoned. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't turn to her in, in, in shock and awe and say, how dare you? Look how disgusting your sin is. That's what the devil does. That's the demonic mindset. If we're going to look at the Christ mindset, the Christian mindset, Christ says, well, let's look around. None of us are perfect here, except for him, of course. But he's like, none of us are perfect. If you're perfect, throw the first stone. You know, nobody could. He looks at her and he says, essentially what he's saying is, I'm not going to shame you. We both know that you have sinned, but I see you as greater than what your sins are. I see you as more important than what your sins are. We can't get caught up in our sins. And unfortunately, we start going down the route of listening to the demonic, reading about the demonic, getting entertained and fascinated by what demonic can do without really being fascinated by what Christ can do, by what God has set us up with, realizing that he set us up with a guardian angel who is way more powerful than anything demonic, uh, who is still in, uh, in full uh, uh, view of God, who can see God and is in, in, in the grace of heaven. How much more powerful is that going to be? But we're not always... Um, shall we say, uh, curious about that. We're not always, we don't have a healthy curiosity. We don't think about that just because that's not the way our minds go, but we need to start practicing that, right? Again, before the break, I was reading this verse, Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So let's get our mindset a little bit more into Christ here during our show. Let's get our mindset and see all I did here was I just decided to look up, hey, give me some Jesus quotes from the Bible because all this dark stuff, I don't want to hear about that. All these evil crimes, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about actions of grace, actions of kindness. I want my heart to be light and happy during uh, my, my stay on this planet as I transition from here to heaven. And what's going to bring that to me? Thinking about Jesus. I wonder what my name's going to be in heaven. Well, the closer I, the more I pray, the more I think about Christ, the closer I'm going to come to understand uh, myself in the eyes of God. Let's look at this. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I love this quote, because again, it goes back to, if you believe. Really, that element of faith, I don't think we think about enough. Faith is an infused virtue. Faith, hope, and love. A lot of times we say, oh, I got to have more faith. We say that, but then my question is, where are we going to get it from? Okay. Where am I supposed to get this faith? Am I supposed to sit there and ponder on faith? Am I supposed to sit there and practice faith? It doesn't work that way. It's not like patience. I can practice patience. Patience is a virtue too. It's not an infused virtue. It's the kind of virtue where I sit there and I have to be patient about things. And I have to consciously be patient and practice being patient. And then all of a sudden it will grow like a habit. Faith is infused, meaning that I have to ask for it. I have to pray for it. I have to get on my knees and say, God, please give me faith. God, please give me faith. Please, God, I need faith. God, I don't feel like I have enough faith. Can you please give me faith? Help me out here. I need to ask for it. If I'm not in direct communication with God, I'm not going to have faith. If I don't have faith, God can't work through me. Listen again, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Ask God to see his glory and he will give us his faith. That is from John chapter 11, verse 40. Straight from the Bible, words of Christ. These are inspirational words. 
it reminds me of what I need to do. It doesn't tell me, oh, how do people levitate during a deliverance session? It reminds me, how's my heart going to levitate to God? What do I need to do to get closer to heaven? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. That is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 15. Why is that important? Who am I acknowledging as the Son of God? Who am I acknowledging as my God? Who am I acknowledging as the almighty person I need to have my mind fixated on? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, do I acknowledge that? Guess what, folks? Once I acknowledge that, if that's my full mindset, I'm not going to care about reading about the demonic or what's evil or what's gross or anything along those lines because all that's going to go away. If I just focus on Christ, what he did for me, recognize that through Christ, I'm going to get to heaven. That's where my focus is going to be. Anything demonic and evil is going to run away. It's going to go away. There's no there's no way around it. Listen to this one. We're talking about mindset. This is one of my favorite Bible quotes. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. That's from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. You know, if you listen to any of our shows, if you listen to Father Ripperger, he talks about being having a, a compatible psychology with demons. Why? Because the way we act is going to be compatible with either heaven or hell. How do demons think? Is that how we're acting? Or how does Christ think, and is that how we're acting? Do I have the idea of mercy right away in my heart? Do I have the idea of compassion right away in my heart? Am I too quick to judge people, or am I there to say, look, I don't know what you've done or where you're from, but I know that Christ lives in you, and I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to show you dignity, and I'm going to show you respect, because I believe that we are all one body of Christ. If I start treating everybody that way, what a nice world that would be, right? Again, it's the mindset as Jesus Christ. That's really what the show comes down to. Where is my mindset? Is it terrible to go see these movies? No, not at all. If it's going to bring me closer to Christ, if it's going to help me remember how powerful God is in the midst of it all, that's pretty good. That's going to bring me closer to heaven. If it's going to fill me with curiosity, with a little bit more like, ooh, I better read more about deliverance and, and what the devil's doing and how he's attacking me, I'd rather spend more time in how's God blessing me? How's Jesus blessing my family? Have I prayed my rosary? Is Our Lady, is she covering our family with her mantle? Well, have I asked her to? Have I said, you know, Mary, please come to us. Oh, Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Have I asked her for that? Have I said, you know, please, I'm, I'm going to consecrate my house to the Immaculate Heart and to the Sacred Heart. And now I know that. Now I don't even have to worry about being protected. It's already, you know, we do that all the time. We get our alarm systems and we say, make sure the house is protected. Somebody's monitoring my home. Well, who's monitoring my home spiritually? Have I done my consecration prayers? Have I done that already? Before I even, you know, I should do that before I go explore anything in the realm of the demonic because I need to be protected. There's no, there's nothing else that I need. I need my home covered with grace and not covered with fear or curiosity. So let's keep that in mind as well. Let's see what else is going to bring us closer to Christ. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> oh, this is, uh, again, this is, this is a good quote. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the, and the Father are one. That is from John chapter 10, verses 20 through 30. The words of Christ, if this isn't inspirational, this isn't going to bring us closer to heaven. Remember, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. 
<clears throat> I love that. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. Do we remember that? See, here's the deal. If we go in with a mindset when we read anything, that God is greater than all, all things are possible with God. God is the only all-powerful. God, in fact, is in charge of all the demons. God has them on such a tight leash that they can't do anything without God's permission. If all of a sudden they're doing something to, um, you know, well, I guess a good question would be, well, Jesus, Dr. Sandoval, if they're doing all this stuff and God's letting them do it, <clears throat> doesn't God want us to know something? Because if a, if a demonic possession can happen and we can see it, or if we uh, hear the influence, doesn't is from a psychiatric perspective, doesn't God want us to know something? Yeah, God, God wants us to be smart enough to shift our mindset to him and say, wow, God is really powerful. What's God trying to tell me by this? The demons were exposed. That's really what a, 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 an exorcism is. If you, if you, once you see an actual possession of a demon is actually speaking to a priest or something, the demon's losing. A lot of us think, oh, they're more powerful because that's what they want you to think. But what God's showing you at that point is, you know, he's exposed, he's losing. Now you see that there is evil, which I don't want you to have anything to do with. But you also see the power of Christ, because how do we get rid of it? You know, a lot of times we think, oh, if I say this prayer, if I do this, if I do, got to get rid of the I. It really comes down to what's Jesus telling me right now? Jesus wants me to pray and get closer to him. If I pray to Jesus, then this is going to go away. If I focus on Christ, this is going to go away. If I fix my life, if I get rid of sin in my life and start living a Catholic life, this is going to go away. We see this a lot where people feel that they're being, you know, diabolically influenced or there's a, a darkness surrounding their life. They want the darkness to go away. They want the pain to go away, but they don't necessarily want to stop their life of sin. And that is a slippery slope because that's not the way the, the spiritual world works. We need to have a change of heart, meaning that anything that's evil in our life, we have to recognize it. No matter how pleasurable, how good, how um, <clears throat> happy it makes us at the time, if it comes from a place of evil, of sin, our lives will never be happy, truly, truly happy. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today we are talking about our mindset, right? So from a mental health perspective, really is what it comes down to. If we want to have good mental health, if we want our minds to be at peace, we really need to set our mindset to the mindset of Jesus Christ. We have to be psychologically compatible with heaven. We need to think like heaven. We need to realize that. Whatever sacrifices we do, whatever we're going through here on earth, whatever frustrations, struggles we have, <clears throat> it's all going to be worth it in the end because we can turn our sacrifice into redemption. We can say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I've had my own transgressions. I've done things that I regret in my life. We can say this all the time. And then we can say, well, what am I going to do about it? Because if we look at it from a, a demonic perspective, that's the sole focus. Remember, hell is, is strictly a place where the whole focus is on the fact that we are, the whole focus is going to be on what were your transgressions and the fact that we do not accept God's mercy for them. <clears throat> Think about that. What a miserable place. It's all internal. You implode, meaning that there, there's no love because love needs to be given, Right. True love needs to be given. It's a giving love. It's just like Jesus came down, died for us. He gave his life for us. Jesus didn't take anything from 
from this earthly place. He didn't take anything from anybody. If you think about it that way, yeah, he ate because our biology directs us to eat. So of course he's going to say, I need some food. And you know, he, the woman at the well, he asked her for water, but as he asked her for water, I don't even recall her giving him a cup of water. What I recall is him saying, Hey, you're going to change your life here because I'm going to give you water that you're never going to be thirsty again. I'm going to give you eternal life. In fact, I'm giving you to myself. Do you accept me? Do you want to be with me? Jesus is strictly giving. <clears throat> There's no question about it. Why? Because he is God and God is love only. And love is always giving. It's always in a giving mode. Hell is quite the opposite. It's about taking. But not only are we taking, we're imploding. We're, we're taking so much that we take from ourselves. You know, if, if we only focus on our transgressions, we're really taking from ourselves. We're taking ourselves away from the mercy of God, from what, from our inheritance in heaven that God is telling us, hey, it's here for you. This is what we remember. We got to remember, you see a movie like this, nothing new here. You know, the, the, the demon, the possessed man, when he talks to the psychiatrist, is really focusing on the psychiatrist's sins. And the psychiatrist is kind of not knowing what to do with it. He's getting all wrapped up. He's getting wrapped up in himself, just like anybody would. That's, that's the trick of the demonic. But the reality is once we get into that, into that phase, if we find ourselves in that mindset, this is where we need to run to Christ. We need to get to Christ right away regardless. We've got to say, God, I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know how you're going to fix this, but I'm going to have enough faith in you that I'm just going to leave all this behind. I'm going to present to you whatever uh, misery I'm going through, and I'm going to offer this as a sacrifice. I don't feel good right now. So in my mind, what I'm going to do is I'm going to offer this as a sacrifice. I'm going to offer you my my remorse. I'm going to offer you my my ill feelings. I'm going to offer you anytime I feel I've been betrayed. I'm going to offer you anytime I feel that there's going to be an, that there has been an injustice done to me. You know, that's a great way that the demonic can try to get us. That's a demonic mindset. You know, all of a sudden out of the blue, you start to remember something that somebody did to you a long time ago, maybe, and it wasn't fair and it felt humiliating or, or it got rid of our dignity for the moment or really belittled us. And all of a sudden I hear this all the time. <clears throat> Gosh, doc, I, you know, I started thinking about this. This happened like in fifth grade and now I'm thinking about this kid from fifth grade. I want to go hurt him now because look at what they did to me. They bullied me and they did this and now I really want to get them. <clears throat> and now we're adults and now, you know, I don't even know what I would do. Well, where's this coming from? This happened so long ago and this happened when you were kids, but now you want to go take action as an adult. It's kind of an odd place to be if you think about it mentally. So where's this coming from and what's it going to drive me to do? Those are the important questions to ask because <clears throat> is this a heavenly mindset? I would say not. You know, this is far from a heavenly mindset. This is the kind of mindset that's going to get somebody in trouble. And the reality is, it's not what Christ would do. What would Christ say at this point? He would say, it happened so long ago, finding your heart a way to let it go. That's going to be your merit in heaven. The fact, did you forgive this person? Because if I recall correctly, Christ forgave us from the cross. Christ forgave the people who were nailing him as they were nailing him. Jesus forgives us as we're sinning. Right? And Jesus is saying, if I can do that for you, how could you not forgive everybody else? If you don't do that, we can't forgive people. That Then all of a sudden we're in that demonic mindset. That's not where we want to be. Let's get back into that Christ-like mindset. Let's read a few more quotes on Christ. Let's see here. Well, this is a good one. <clears throat> Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And that's what we're talking about right there. Taking up your cross, what does that mean? This is, this is where we get into that Christ mindset. 
what did Christ do when he took up his cross? Christ took up that cross for us. It wasn't even for himself, obviously. God didn't need to do that. God is saying, hey, I'm going to take up this cross. I'm going to suffer, but I'm offering this to my Father for you. All that I suffer, I'm offering to my Father for you. And Jesus never throws that in our face. I've never seen any Bible passage where Jesus says, telling his apostles afterwards, hey, I died on the cross for you. You got to do this for me now. He doesn't even have to. He shows up and he's like, hey, I need you guys to follow to go spread my message. He wasn't even saying, I need you to bow down and worship me. Now, he shows up and the first thing Jesus is going to tell us is, peace be with you. I want you to have peace, which is the opposite of what we're going to be left with. If we go see a movie out of curiosity, if we go read about curi- you know, uh, about the demonic out of curiosity, we're not left with a sense of peace. We're, less, we're left with a sense of fear, uh, a sense of um, there's something stronger that I can't control or that's going to get the better of me without realizing, hey, what sense do I want to have? I want to go read about Jesus. I want to see what Jesus said I had to do with my life to get closer to him and to have peace. That's the first thing Christ is going to tell us. He's going to say, peace be with you. Let's see here. Let's read a few more of these. My command is this, love one another as I have loved you. Inherently, Jesus is saying, and this is from John chapter 15, verse 12, love one another as I have loved you. This is a command. Jesus is saying, you need to get into my mindset because we don't know how Jesus loved other people unless we evaluate, study, research. Let's look at what Jesus did. Do we forget that Jesus performed miracles? Jesus healed people's hands. Jesus gets rid of cancer. Jesus gets rid of, we look at the miracles that have come out of places like Fatima or Lourdes. We see wheelchairs. We see, um, you know, crutches, things like that. People who say, I have been healed. And yet we kind of see that and we're like, yeah, it's okay. I'd rather go see what the devil's doing. It's a little bit more interesting. This is, this is uh, pretty ironic. And this is where we got to get into that Christ mindset. And we got to remember God's way more powerful. God made the sun dance at Fatima. God's in charge of the universe. He's the one who's making everything move around us. Do we remember that when we're encountered with the false theatrics of the demonic? That's really what we got to come out of when we watch a movie like this. It's interesting to see the movie. I'm not saying not to go see it from an academic perspective, from a perspective of, wow, yeah, it really makes me think about what is it that that am I doing in my life? Am I trying to justify things and say that they're good, uh, even though they really wouldn't be compatible with heaven? You know, go see the movie for that respect, but not to be all impressed by whatever the devil's doing. Let's see here. There's another good one. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. That's from Philippians chapter four, verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. A lot of times people will turn to horoscopes, Ouija boards, um, you know, psychics, things like that. Why? Because we want an immediate answer to our needs. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know, am I ever going to be married? I need to know, am I going to find true love? I need to know. And we start wanting to know all these things, but we don't put our faith in God and say, God, your will be done. This is where it really, it comes down to my will, right? I want to get married. I want to fall in love and I'm going to um, force it. I'm going to force a situation versus realizing, gosh, if I slow down, I let God work in my life. He's probably going to put somebody in my life who I could not even have imagined better um, because I let God work through me rather than force the situation. Do I have enough faith? Again, am I praying for faith? Am I asking God for faith? 
so that I can truly see and believe that he is my God, that he's going to take care of me, that whatever I need, he's already a million steps ahead of me. When I think, oh man, I really need this today. God's already looking at, yeah, that's already taken care of. And I've already taken care of a million other things that are going to happen in the next, between now and the time you get to heaven. I've already taken care of all that. But do I have faith in that? Or do I need to have an immediacy of knowledge of good and evil? Do I need to have this immediacy that I need to know right away? And that's why we're going to explore anything or read anything. I would say stay away. But if I'm going to say, hey, this is going to bring me closer to God, I'm going to ask God for more faith, that's really where I need to be. Let's see here. Here's another good one. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, mankind the man, Jesus Christ. That's from 1 Timothy 2.5. we got to remember that too because <clears throat> that one really makes me think about something. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. This is where, where am I getting my information from? Where am I getting my information about God from? Am I too busy trying to figure out, oh, what did the devil say about God? Or did the devil say, oh, you know, during this exorcism, I heard that the devil said that God does this or that, you know, this happens to all the souls that are going to die or, you know, that there's more souls in hell because of this or that. Well, <clears throat> it may or may not be true, but if it came from the devil, I'm going to push that away. I don't want to hear about it. But if it came from heaven... If it came from Our Lady, who said a lot of souls are going to hell because they have no one to pray for them, that sounds pretty true. I mean, that's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, <clears throat> and it's about prayer. It's not saying even, it, Our Lady's not even saying a lot of people are going to hell because of the sins in that, I mean, she does say that during some apparitions, but in that one sentence, she's not even saying, you know, they're going to hell because of their sins, because they're so evil, because of uh, uh, because my son despises them, because God thinks that they're terrible. None of that. She's saying very simply, they're going to hell because there's no one to pray for them. Which reminds us then, do we have our responsibility to pray for each other? Is that something I'm going to be held accountable for? Is God going to say, hey, prayer is very important. If we look at the catechism of the, uh, the Catholic Church, it's built on four pillars, four big chapters, if you will. And the last one is prayer. There's a whole, one of the pillars here is prayer. That's what it comes down to. It's a whole big section on the catechism on why we need to pray, what prayer does. St. Paul tells us, pray without ceasing. If I go see a movie, if I go uh, read about uh, the diabolic in any way possible, or any way, uh, is it possible for me to think about prayer? Does it make me think, boy, I really need to pray and get my life closer to God? Or do I pray out of fear? Do I pray just because I say, oh my gosh, I'm so scared, I better start praying and rattling off words um, just because I need to get away from this? I might start that way, and that might be the first step towards um wanting to get closer to God, wanting to know God more, wanting to feel blessed by God. And that's fine if that's the first step. But if that's where it leaves us, if it's strictly, I just want to pray to get this evil away from my life, but does, we don't take that next step where it's like, hey, I'm going to get closer to God. God, I ask ourselves what it is that we're doing. Where is our mindset? At the end of the day, this is what it comes down to in terms of the Catholic realm. Is our mindset closer to God? Is our mindset closer to heaven? Is my mindset on remembering that I have a guardian angel? And what's he guarding me from? If I think about the demonic, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about heaven. And this, until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval saying, keep it Catholic.